0: in front of us we should take them and not just be bound by these shackles of oh you're a doctor so therefore you just have to do that because why there's no need right
1: welcome to the balance medics handover podcast are you questioning whether medicine is right for you and not sure what to do next if so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is full of real examples of doctors that have gone down different paths to prove that it's possible to transform your life and that it's never too late. I'm your host, Isabella, the founder of Balance Medics and a doctor that left clinical medicine. If you're ready to make changes now and live a life more aligned with your own values, coaching could be for you. You don't need to stay stuck. Reach out and see what's possible at balancemedics.com forward slash coaching. And now to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Handover Podcast. Today I'm really excited to have Dr. Sonia Henry here on the show. Dr. Henry is a GP and author. Her debut novel, Going Under, was published in 2019, and her next book will be a memoir of her time working as a solo GP in remote Australia. I'm really excited to read your next book, and I loved Going Under. Currently, Dr. Henry is traveling, so I'm extra grateful to have found the time to chat with her and share her story with all of you. Without further ado let's hand over to Sonia. Hi
0: how are you? Hi good thanks very much for having me particularly as I'm over in Galway in Southern Ireland at the moment so it's really good to chat. Yeah it's really good that
1: we managed to find a a time to align.
0: Yeah no it's been great.
1: Now can we start with you sharing more about your journey and how you got to where you are now?
0: Yeah. So, um, I guess I always wanted to write books, um, but it can be quite difficult to do that whilst also being a doctor just because of time and being busy at work. And, um, I did my internship and in residency at St Vincent's hospital in Sydney. And, um, during that time I was always kind of writing stuff down and yeah, I mean, I didn't really know if I'd ever get a publishing contract, but I certainly dreamt about it. Um, and then, I started GP training and, um, submitted the book that I'd written to my agent that I, an agent. And um, I ended up, she ended up signing me and, and then Alan and Unwin picked it up and yeah, then it was published in 2019. I mean, that's a very sort of shortened version of the long, hard road (laughs) that it took to to get to that point. But, um, (laughs) yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of how it was. And, um, I finished GP training a few years ago and then I ended up, um, going to work in remote Western Australia and, and all over Australia which was really interesting and, and my memoir about that's coming out in June. And uh, yeah, I think because of COVID and everything couldn't travel and, and then I really wanted to spend a few months traveling through Europe so that's what I'm doing now. and with the beauty of being a GP, I've also picked up a few months' work in Ireland, which is why I'm sitting here in this random farmhouse in the middle of nowhere <laughs> talking <And here>, to you. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yep, here we are. <laughs>
1: Now, I wanted to tease out a few more details. So why did you decide to study medicine?
0: Um, I guess it was, oh, there was a few different reasons. I was always interested in people. Um, and I think as a doctor, you really do have that, especially as a GP, you kind of interact with people on a very human level. Um, and, you know, um, I suppose I'm being very honest, like my my parents, for us, I being a doctor would be a great job. And I guess you're quite susceptible when you are go to doing that. And, um, yeah, then I got it. I did, I was a physio first and I was a physio for a few years and, and I kind of um, – I was a sports physio and, you know, I did a few really interesting things, like toured with teams and but I was getting kind of bored with it and then um, I thought, oh, well, I sort of not fell into medicine because I don't really fall into that such a big decision, I guess, but it kind of just happened, I suppose, like I sat the sat, and, and I did all right in it and, and I actually started and then I deferred for a year and, um, I'd taken a job as a physio in Europe, um, with the uh, offshoot of the London ballet company and I broke my arm skiing, so I couldn't work as a physio. And then, um, I remember being in a, um, about two months later when my arm had gotten better, I was actually in a ski resort in Europe and I met a Spanish doctor who was traveling to Zermatt in Switzerland in her van doing a mountain rescue course. And she was really cool. And she said, "Look, being a doctor is actually really great. And, you know, she was really awesome and doing really cool stuff. and. And then I thought, oh, you know, I think maybe I'll, I'll go back to medicine and, and that's sort of how it happened. <laughs> so I guess it was fate to some extent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. It's very, yeah. almost a surreal, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like out of a novel itself, that kind of chance meeting after breaking your arm and, and, and that stuff.
0: Yeah, it was because well, I couldn't work. So, I mean, had I been able to stay in Europe and work as a physio, I, I may not have gone back. But um, I, I couldn't physically be a physio because I had a broken arm. So, yeah, it was really weird, actually. Um, and then I went back and, you know, I sort of said to myself, if I didn't like it, I would stop because um, I don't think it's worth doing something that hard. if You know, you really, really hate it. And, look, I didn't love medical school, I'll be honest. Um, but, it, you know, <laughs> I got through it and then I sort of – by then I was on the train, I guess, and well, it happens to a lot of doctors, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, the the conveyor belts of medicine can kind of just take you along, can't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, so, yeah, and then I guess – in a roundabout way I suppose it all worked out for me in the end
1: yeah and and GP did you always want to do GP when you were in medical school or how did you decide to do that
0: yes no I did and I'm I was a video in private practice for quite a while, so I knew that I liked the one-on-one interaction with patients. And also, I chose GP pragmatically. I knew that I wanted to do things like write books and travel and really enjoy my life, and I didn't see how that would really work doing a very intensive. I mean, GP is pretty hard, but it, it wasn't like doing like a surgical. You know, I sort of flirted with the idea of doing surgery for a while because I found the operating theatre quite fascinating, but the lifestyle impact for me was just too great um, and I've always been a big um, fan of telling my medical students what I have them is that you know being a doctor is actually secondary being a human and having a life is first and if your life is determined by something like well I want to spend you know 20,000 years working in the operating theatre and that's how I derive pleasure and joy and whatever but that's totally fine I understand that but for me there were other things to take into consideration. Yeah. And so the general practice fitted the best with that.
1: That's smart to go into it with that practical mindset of what kind of life do you want to lead day to day and it sounds like travel is a big part of it for you.
0: Yeah, I always wanted to be someone who lived in the world and I always wanted to see the world and, and um, yeah, and I've, I've always done that and, and I think medicine, I've read this um, blog once called, went back when blogs were like bigger than podcasts and stuff, i um, showing my age and uh <laughs> it said that you can use your stethoscope as passport to travel the world and, and I think you actually can if you if you um if you sort of do a few things um you, you can and and I have which has been really really cool
1: yeah and so when you went into medicine you had that kind of idea of GP and having time for your other things do you think your vision in medicine has changed since you started medical school to where you are now
0: Well, it has. But that was only by, again, by chance. Um, So I had a bit of, I suppose you'd say, personal crisis. uh, And I really wanted to leave Australia. And I had lined up a job in Dublin. And then COVID hit, so the borders shut, and I was really stuck. And I wasn't in the best headspace. And I sort of thought, I really have to do something. And so I thought I'll take a job as far away as I can go. And I took a job in the remotest part of the Pilbara in Western Australia. And then I discovered that I really enjoyed remote medicine and I particularly enjoyed um, Indigenous health uh, and I've sort of really developed a strong passion for those two things. And I'd say now I'd work in those areas in some respect for the rest of my career. And before that, I had no real interest in working remotely. Um, you know, I lived in the eastern suburbs of the Sydney. I was a really a city person. I didn't have much interest in going and working in the desert and then I spent nearly three years there. <laughs> And I've really enjoyed it, and I don't think I could ever go back to working in a city full time, especially ever again. So yeah, I guess I'm really. I'm, my second book is a lot about those things and the issues in remote Australia, and as well as some, you know, the funny things that happen out there because it's pretty random rolling up in the middle of the Western Australian desert from, you know pot's point <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm excited because i i really love the humor and the way you tackle these hard issues with humor in in going under it's throughout the whole book you can laugh even if it's a sad or confronting thing so i'm excited to see your take on rural work with that humor
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks I did find myself in some pretty random situations, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> You've enjoyed it? it was, it's been good. Yeah. No, I, overall, I've enjoyed it. It's been hard at times, but medicine is always hard. Like I've realized that it's never, ever one of those jobs where it's just easy. Like it's always going to be hard. But, you know, such is the choice of the job, I guess.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I guess every career, every job has its quote unquote shit sandwich as People like to describe it. There's something.
0: I mean, medicine does have like the giant one, but yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the giant. Yeah, that's true.
0: Like the the, the foot long, the foot long. long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's one way to to describe it. <laughs> now you wrote "Going Under," and I really loved it. Have you always enjoyed writing and pictured writing a book?
0: Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I always wanted to write books. Um, English was my favorite subject at school. Um, you know, I didn't mind science, but I wasn't particularly sciencey, which people, people often find surprising doing physio then medicine. Um, but, I mean, for me, it kind of worked. Um, and, yeah, I always wanted to be a writer my whole life. I, I sort of wanted to be a writer, I guess, before being a doctor. But, you know, and I'm being very honest. But everyone has those things within their souls or whatever that they want to do, I think. And we're often told that, you know, we shouldn't do them because there's no money or there's no prestige or, you know, so many people write books and never get them published and we're always sort of told, don't be ridiculous. But actually, you, you can do it. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I did, I guess. I mean, I wish that I was like, sometimes I wish that I had been brave enough to just be one of those authors who really just devoted themselves to writing from the get-go. But I guess for me, had I not been a doctor, I may not have published a book because I wrote about medicine. It informs a lot of my writing. So now I suppose the two sort of go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it and that you couldn't have published going under – well, I guess you could have, but not with that level of insight if you didn't live it yourself.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and Kitty Halliday, I'm wondering, do you think it was based or loosely around you yourself or was it – or did you have that kind of separation with the fiction?
0: Oh, look, I mean, when the book first came out, I was very worried and I was sort of like, oh, no, no, it's not really me. But, I mean, of course, it was largely based on me, yes – um and my experiences and I mean I changed a lot of things and adjusted a lot but yeah of course I think you can't write a character like that it's not I used to say she was a bit like a younger sister but really she was quite close to me yeah
1: (laughs) yeah I can I can think I can empathize with that worry because it is a bit of a sticky situation sometimes with your patient cases and if you are saying something slightly controversial because I guess the book could be considered a little bit controversial I'm, I'm not sure how you view that
0: oh yeah I was really controversial and my next book's also super controversial I, I don't really I mean I don't mean to be controversial I just think I kind of speak the truth but um I think that is quite an unusual thing to do sometimes in this profession so then it becomes controversial <laughs> um yes yeah, so I'm quite worried about my next book actually but it's too late now so it's like all the proofs are done and everything I've got a publicist and it's all going ahead so I'll just see what happens I was like oh well
1: well I I personally love it so anyway you have you have one person that likes the controversial because it is just the truth really and I think it's refreshing to have the truth laid out because you can kind of dance around the the subject and in other ways. Oh
0: yeah, I've never been never been much of a fan of dancing around things. I just think there's too much at stake and um you know, particularly when so many doctors were, you know, taking their own lives and stuff. It, it was just I thought to be so weak to not say it how it really was. It was doing them a real disservice. And other doctors like me and you and whoever and you know, so yeah, yeah I guess in the end like if you're not going to speak the truth there's no point in really speaking at all. Yeah. Um this might been my motto. So I'll just have to keep (laughs) going for whatever reason I feel like this way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and that just um, leads me on to another question I had in mind for you about you describing a lot of the dark side of medicine and medical training with humour, of course, but uh, your viral post, something rotten inside the medical profession um, is really an example of how you do just state what's going on.
0: Yeah, 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 and I wrote that, you know, on my iPhone, like after a shift in the emergency department. I didn't really expect it to go so viral, and um yeah, it was a real surprise, actually. And then I realised that a lot of people it must have resonated with them, and you know, it's funny because people were sharing that who I saw on Facebook and stuff who I didn't really relate to. You know, I thought they were real um, medicine enthusiasts, mm. and <laughs> I thought, oh wow, these sort of people, you know, the surge, reg, who could be a bit of it bit of a dickhead or whatever and you're thinking wow they must also feel the same as me they just they conceal it and deal with it in other ways to so the way I do um but yeah that sort of was a bit of an eye opener. yeah
1: yeah I think it's people in medicine can be quite good at putting on their face of it's all fine but a lot of people are feeling the same thing actually
0: yeah, and often they do it at the expense of other people. Like that's where I think a lot of bullying comes from and stuff, but it's not the right way to go about it. And it's actually a very cowardly way to deal with your own insecurities, but um, it's very common in medicine. It's very common.
1: Yeah, definitely. So,
0: yeah, I don't know how much that's really changed since I wrote the book, but we sort of pretend to talk about it more, I guess.
1: Yeah, I know. It's um, I guess it's hard to make a full culture change. Um, someone told me that you just need 10% of people to make a cultural revolution so ten thousand doctors or something and maybe we'll we'll get there
0: right well i read somewhere that they say i mean this is talking about different types of abuse i guess but abuse is a general concept you need to have seven generations or something or maybe it's three i don't know Mm. but quite a few before the abuse disappears so therefore i think we've got a way to go
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if we put it that way then yes we do So, so when you were putting what you were saying into written word when you wrote on your iphone about something rotten inside the medical profession how was that for you
0: oh quite cathartic really um and it was very of the moment I didn't plan it it just sort of you know I write as I think kind of thing um yeah I've been more reticent to write articles since that time I think after my book came out you know you can kind of attract ire from people or you know misplaced envy and that kind of thing and I got a bit um what's the word triggered or hy- hypersensitive, I think, to criticism. And, you know, it, it, it's very unhealthy reading reviews or comments online to things that you say when your heart's really in the right place. And these days, we have such a culture, I think, of someone said to me once, it's much harder to create content than to comment on it. And yeah. <laughs> I think that's been really, I've noticed that. And I've never been a kind of person who's wanted to really promote myself. Um, you know, my social media presence is fairly minimal. and I mean, it's like you know, a travel blog essentially, and um, I, I don't really, like I said, I don't, I don't, um, I don't really have like a, a Twitter or a or a big um, social media sort of presence, and I and I think that's because I think that kind of thing can be very damaging, and and in the end, you know, like you, you're dealing with a lot of feedback that's coming from all sorts of places, and it can be really distressing. So I've sort of, um, I was saying to my friend when we were in the Canary Islands, I was sort of sitting there going, I'm a bit worried about my next book because people will target you, I think for reasons that have almost nothing to do with what you're writing. It's more about their own perceptions of the world. But then I was like, well, it's too late now. (laughs) Obviously you kind of, if you want to do that and you're compelled to write about things, then that's just you and, and that's how the world changes. But this particular time period, I think, because of social media and the ease of the internet, it's very, very easy to get caught up in what people are saying about you. But in the end, it's all kind of hot air, really. Like you have to be grounded within yourself and, I'm really trying to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like even my Instagram balance medics, I get hate comments too. People telling me that, you know, doctors should feel bad and we hope you like like really mean things, basically telling us all to like get lost and that they are glad it's happening to us, how you're feeling. And I'm like, Really? Like uh, I just block, 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 but I'm like, obviously this isn't the right page for you, but
0: (laughs) No. Or then you yeah, so it's kind of two tiered. You either get that or then you get like other doctors who you know think that they could do a better job with their book or their podcast or whatever yeah. that happens at times as well and you sort of think oh, look if you want to do it just go ahead yeah that's really disappointing but doesn't surprise me sadly
1: yeah yeah it's easy to to critique isn't oh, very it it's harder to actually do put a book out there yeah, or create
0: <laughs> yeah. a page or a podcast yes absolutely so good on you good on me yeah
1: here we are oh, thanks yeah good on both <laughs> of us <laughs> Um, and and I guess that's the nature of being a writer or any creative really. If you really do a work that's from the heart, you put yourself out there to the world, and people might like it, they might hate it. But I guess in the end, a, a reaction is good, right? Rather than just pure indifference and oh, t- ignoring. T- totally. Look,
0: if everyone's praising your material, it means you haven't really done you know a good job because you haven't said anything perceived like that often the truth for some reason really gets people going. Um, so I think, yeah, you have to, and in the end, like you're going to have heaps of weirdos like writing in, saying all this stuff or sending you weird messages and you can choose how much, you, you can decide how much you want to engage with that. And for me, yeah, I just have no real interest in um, responding to that kind of thing. But um, if people want to reach out with nice comments, then, then that's very easy to respond and, and connect. But otherwise you can just sort of try and. Rise above, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Block out block out the haters.
0: Or block out is the better way to do it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just don't engage. Yeah, there's no, there's no point.
1: Yeah. Um, so I wanted to learn more about your creative expression and what do you think drew you to writing in the first place? I
0: don't know. I just really like writing. I always did. I liked reading a lot as a child. I think I liked The Other worlds so you could enter by reading a book. Um, I was always very imaginative as a kid. And, you know, when I was like in, I was like in year three or four, I wrote this series about a detective called Detective Hamburger who used to solve crimes and stuff. And um, I think that illustrated it as well, even though I'm not a good drawer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I always just liked, I think, the the concept of the other world that you could go into as a writer. Yeah.
1: And. Being a doctor and a writer, because you're still practicing actively, how do you juggle the two different identities?
0: Oh, it's quite hard. I mean, not even so much about the identities, just timing. Like even now I'm working, but I've got my proofs due to edit my book and I just got an email from my publisher that I woke up to being like, oh, so how are the proofs going? And I was like, good, they're happening this weekend between starting a new job. <laughs> um, and also I think as well, people expect doctors to be a certain way and when they're not like that, sometimes it can – give people shits to put it <laughs> bluntly, but I mean, you are who you are. And patients really respond to real kind empathetic doctors who are quite human. I think um, I liked working in remote Australia because I found that you could be yourself. There was a lot less of that. In most places, there was the sort of more people were a bit more relaxed and because I was so desperate for doctors as well, there wasn't so many, um, it was a bit more like, wow, you here? thank God. And they were kind of a bit, and yeah, it was a small community. So you integrated, you know, you'd see them at the pub and that kind of thing and it was quite normal.
1: Yeah, that's interesting that it's kind of less judgy in rural communities. I found myself in my rural placement, you think?
0: Well, it can be, can be, yeah. I mean, it can be, but then people are people, right? But um, generally, yeah, sorry you were saying.
1: I was just going to say I remember my rural placement being very, like, surprised at how social it was because, you know, I felt way more social than Sydney,
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, and they're very. It's really um, you make a lot of good friends out there, and you know I've made a lot of good friends around Australia, and yeah, so it's, it, that was really good.
1: Now I want to know what your view is on a doctor or a medical student that is seeking more, you know, more than just being a doctor and in that box and wanting to express themselves more creatively. What would you say to them?
0: Oh, go for it! Just go for it. Like you've got one life, and look, you will know. I think within yourself how happy just medicine makes you. And at some point, your soul will just crack if that's what you're doing and you'll have to do something else. And you can do both. This is why general practice is really good. Whatever people say about GP, you can, it's probably the best conduit to leading the dual life. I would say you're doing yourself an enormous disservice if you have creative aspirations, but you, you suppress them. And I think something that really Rung true to me was I read when *Breath Becomes Air* just when it came out, so before it was really famous. Um, it was written by Paul Kalanithi, who was a neurosurgeon who died of lung cancer, thirty six or thirty seven, and he had done a degree in English literature, I think, before doing neurosurgery. I mean, crazy. But he, I shouldn't say that. But I was like, obviously the guy was a genius. Like, oh my god, yeah. Um, so <laughs> yes, I wouldn't say yeah, that very smart to be brain surgeons <laughs> and best-selling authors. Um, but he, um, he said that he always thought that he would be a neurosurgeon for twenty or thirty years, and then he would write books. And then he was diagnosed with this terrible illness, and he realized he was going to die. And he sort of thought, oh no, and now I don't have the time to do what it was that I really wanted to do. And I really remember reading that thinking, wow, like we don't have just endless amounts of time, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know where it's going to happen and I think that unless we really choose, if we're lucky enough, because a lot of people don't have the choices like we have. And I'm not just talking about like whether you're in a war zone in Ukraine or you're in, you know, Syria, like even in Australia, you know, in the Northern Territory and stuff in, you know, First Nations communities, People are born into a life that is very hard to escape from. They don't have the choices and options like we do. They don't have the health care or the resources or the, you know, the abilities because of just sheer virtue of the fact that they were born into immense poverty. Um, and so if we're lucky enough to have all of these opportunities in front of us, we should take them and not just be bound by these shackles of, oh, you're a doctor, so therefore you just have to do that because why? There's no need, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And and that's something that I personally had some struggles with because I am the child of immigrants and they want you to be a doctor and to do wow. well. Like we moved countries for you to do well, you know, from you know, a oh, dictatorship. Yeah. But yeah. then I was like, you know what, actually you moved so I could be able to do this, right? Oh,
0: 100%. Oh, yeah, I'm half Ukrainian. So when you asked why did I do medicine, I was like, well, you know, the old business <laughs> of <laughs> Eastern <laughs> European <laughs> totally get it like the, you know the, the doctor is such a it's like a it's like the ultimate achievement and then to not really be the proper doctor is just like what are you doing yeah like I totally get that oh yeah, the yeah exactly. I'm, I'm there right now <laughs> yeah no, I totally understand that um and I think that <laughs> yeah um yeah like it, that's just crazy right like we can't live for our parents forever like it's just ridiculous no um yeah yeah (laughs) it's hard but it's possible
1: everyone you you don't have to. it is very hard
0: but you can push against those generations of pressure to become a doctor to be a doctor and have a creative outlet you can do that
1: yeah (laughs) and you're doing it so that's great yeah exactly
0: exactly yeah (laughs) um you know my parents are very happy with my choices now um but yeah, it's pretty, I understand that. Yes, we, we are some of our parts and our histories and our heritage and a lot of it's tied up with medicine. Is, Even though people often don't mention that, it is tied up with that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, um, I want to know what's going on for you right now. What's next for you? What percentage clinical writing and, yeah, what's in the horizon?
0: Well, I came over to Europe in December and I had a job working for a virtual emergency department, which was really good because I could do it from overseas. Um, And I did that like 10 hours a week. And then I was finishing my book. So, I mean, my earning capacity was significantly less, but, you know, it's a lot cheaper to live in Southern Europe. Um, and I'd registered to work in Ireland and so now I'm sort of topping up the coffers so to speak by doing this two-month stint in Galway um, because the money's pretty decent and um, then yeah then I'm coming back to Australia to launch my book and I kind of want to live for the rest of my life maybe like sort of half a year in Europe and half a year in Australia which you can do as a doctor pretty easily yeah but I'll just see what happens.
1: Yeah, that's exciting! A lot of exciting things to come, and I'm excited to see your book be launched as well.
0: Thanks, Bella. Well, I'll invite you to the book launch. It'll be in Sydney, so if you're around, oh, please please come. attend. I haven't planned it all yet. Yeah, I just think, you know I always say this to the students and stuff. You do really only have one life on this earth, so you should make the most of it. You know, do what you want to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just go for it. Go for it. Um, now we're nearing the end of time. I could just keep chatting. It's been lovely to to chat with you, um, but I wanted to ask. Oh, it's been great. Yeah, I wanted to ask, what is balance to you?
0: I think balance is. It's a hard question, actually. If you really think about it, it's. I think it's being at peace with yourself. You know, it's being at peace, thinking. Because we can never have everything that we want um, most of the time. Some people can, but most people can't. And I think at some point, you know, that you've been true enough to yourself by doing the things that you want to do with the people that you want to do them with. And you think, well, you know, and you've also been a kind sort of person who's managed to help the world in your own small way. And I think if you feel like within yourself quite at peace, that you can't really ask for any more than that. And I think that's probably what balance is. Because we often, balance has almost become like becoming a doctor these days. You also have to achieve a balance, you know. It's just kind of like, God, like the other day I just downloaded something. and I went down some internet rabbit hole and then I was like, I think you, this. I did some quiz that was like you clearly burnt out so you need to download this burnout strategy and i was like gosh maybe i should download it but then i was like i don't think i've got the time though to do it So (laughs) yes it's just we we get to this point where we're then achieving a balance so i think sometimes you have to just go you know what it's okay to just slow down and and do what it is that you want to do and feel happy enough with that i totally agree. yeah sometimes we can be happy we can be happy enough you know we don't have to be the best doctor the best writer the best Sometimes you can actually just find yourself like sitting in a tent in the Canary Islands with your mates, having a few drinks and having a laugh, thinking, you know, I'm pretty broke but things are actually okay. That was me a few weeks ago it was pretty good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's totally right. People kind of had this aversion to the word balance now because of this kind of new charged word of you have to be the perfect balance like the perfectionist comes out but that's not really, that's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to do
0: <laughs> yeah I agree yeah and look the world's a bad place like I read this book about you know what was happening in Syria on the plane the other day it was just horrendous and mm. you know and so in the end like we were all doing pretty okay like being living in Australia or wherever and studying and you know um yeah like we shouldn't it's it could be a lot worse
1: yeah yeah definitely (laughs) I guess you can it could always be a bit worse kind of
0: oh I mentioned that's a that's a relative concept like I mean you know if you're struggling it doesn't really matter where you are you feel that within yourself but yeah Mm -hmm. I think yeah like it's we 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 have the options to make a better life if we want to
1: yeah yeah you can you can change what you're doing and make your life how you want it, especially when you have the resources in Australia.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, now, is there anything else you'd like to add that you think would benefit
0: the listeners? Um, no, I think we've sort of covered everything. Um, I can be contacted through my Instagram if anyone has any questions or anything, which I check, you know, pretty frequently. Um, and otherwise, yeah, my next book is coming out in June and it's called Put Your Feet in the Dirt, Girl.
1: Okay, that's what that was going to be my finishing thing of how can we find the book and where we can... Look that up. So put your feet in the dirt, girl.
0: Yeah, great. Well,
1: I'll put all the links to that in the show notes so people can know where to find it. And I'm really excited to come to your book launch.
0: Thanks, Bella. It'd be great to meet in person.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And thanks for coming onto the podcast.
0: No worries. Cheers, Bella.
1: You've been listening to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate and review this podcast and click the follow button. For more resources, check out the Balance Medics website. The link to this will be in the show notes below. See you next episode.